Welcome to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. In this show, we are going to be discussing the importance of holding physical assets like natural fancy colored diamonds, physical gold, and silver. The hows and whys these hard assets protect and grow wealth in these challenging economic times. Remember, we are not your financial planners, and you should always do your due diligence. The number to call throughout the show, one eight seven seven eight silver or the website to get as much information as you need, guildhallwealth.com. Jeremy, welcome to this week's show. We are going to be talking about a number of topics today, but... In terms of getting started, there were some interesting tidbits this week, one of which is what you and I were discussing off-air, a small report from TD right off the bat. Yeah, right out the gate here, according to TD Securities, uh, loss aversion will be a growing theme next year, and uh, they predict a move above $1,500 will restart the gold rally. And that that could come now. That could be like this next couple of days, next week. It could happen quick. The $1,500 we have seen recently. um, Wait, did we see 50? Yeah, we saw 1550. So, you know, that's a very conservative conservative estimate. Now, according to Bloomberg Intelligence, new record high prices are in store for gold in the new year and the new decade, because we're going to be heading into the 20s, as you know. Um, Gold... And the quote here is, gold is the divergent strength standout, up to 15% in 2019, despite the 2% gain in the trade-weighted broad dollar indicates the metal is on solid footing for further advancement. And that comes from the senior commodity strategist, Mike Magloney. Now, ABN AMRO jumps into the mix here this past week with Georgette Boele. Uh, she's the senior FX and precious metal strategist at ABN AMRO, and she said she is bullish on precious metals next year. Even with modest corrections, which we always see, she sees the yellow metal breaking $1,600 next year. So that's kind of interesting. We've got TD Security saying if we bre- break $1,500, we'll be off to another gold rally, and she sees it breaking 1600 now, in, an, in other updates, uh, central bank gold demand officially hit new multi-decade highs. It's something that we talk about a lot on this show. But an independent commodity analyst, Matthew Turner, noted that central bank gold purchases totaled 550 tons as of October, which is more than we saw in 2018, which was one of the biggest buying sprees of physical gold in 50 years. So be your own central bank. Follow the smartest money in the world. Think about having gold in your portfolio. And finally, gold has outperformed the stock market. Did you know that, Darren? Well, I had read lots about it, and over the years, we know it has done very well. So according to sovereign man Simon Black, who we've discussed a lot of his articles on the show in the past, over the last 12 months, the price of gold is up 21%, outperforming everything from the S&P 500, stock markets in China, Europe, Canada, plus bonds, real estate, and even other major commodities like oil. Gold has even outpaced Netflix, Tesla, and Amazon. So this is a good time to be looking at precious metals, and I think this will lead into nicely our discussion on the COMEX today and how that could potentially affect the price of the metals going forward. Well, in fact, Jeremy, if you go to our website, guildhallwealth.com, or call the number one eight seven seven eight. That is silver. your starting point. One eight seven seven eight silver. That is your starting point. And if you are getting that information, it can come in the form of a free investor kit. It can come in the form of a request for a one-on-one 
in the office, if you want to discuss registered account openings, putting metals into your TFSA or RSP. We just had a very successful seminar on Saturday. It was jam-packed, two sessions, one at 10.30 and 12.30 this past weekend, and uh, it was well attended, a lot of questions, and it ran well into the afternoon because, of course, huge interest in this right now. And a lot of accounts open, accounts so welcome already to open. those. Transfers in progress. Coming. Absolutely. Uh, so a big congratulations to those people. But that website is your starting point, that number, the starting point. Get those and use them, and we will send the information free of charge. Uh, this information that we are discussing on today's show is part of the entire picture we're discussing, Jeremy. And i got to tell you something. Um, their TDs, Ameritrade, uh, the, the uh, AMRO, uh, the other big, huge outfits that are out there analyzing the market, giving these updates as conservative as they are, uh, they're not the only ones now. We're seeing it hit the mainstream. And I don't want to bounce off topic too much, but uh, there from our colleague this week, Rob, in office, uh, he gave an article from CNBC talking about why bull markets often end with a very euphoric rally. And it just made me think about one little tiny two-word phrase that we had heard from our old friend and former FAIR uh, head of the uh, Federal Reserve, Alan Greenspan, which is uh, irrational exuberance. And right. this is what we're seeing in the stock market Talking about now. the stock market bull market. Absolutely. And actually, did you see that article this week about there's a German bank that is now charging negative interest rates on regular savings yep. accounts. In Europe, it was pretty much held to those who had a lot of money in savings accounts, like 100,000 plus, but now they're gonna be charging negative rates to just regular clients. That's uh, one of the largest banks. I think it's the second largest bank in Germany doing that. So that's a trend that people should be very concerned about. If it's happening in Europe, it it, it could definitely it eventually come contagion, over to North America. Right? It's what happens in the markets. Now, before we break for the first segment, Jeremy, let's tee up the next one because a lot to talk about. In particular, we're going to be mentioning something that uh, we've discussed in the show before called exchange for physical in and of itself may mean very little to the average person, but these EFPs, as they're more commonly known in the bullion industry, are basically taking a turn, new information coming to light. Let's discuss it when we come back. And, Is there really physical there or not? And that has to do with the, with the COMEX, which regulates the price of the metals. So we're also going to talk about the COMEX and how that works with these EFPs and basically just ask where can the price of metals go within this COMEX system. You are listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. I'm your host, Darren Long, and with me as always, Jeremy Wiseman, Vice President of Guildhall Wealth Management. Again, a warm hello to our new listeners and to those tuning in again this week. And a big congratulations to those that opened up accounts this week, whether you were at our seminar last Saturday. And again, as a reminder, it was full, and it's something we can duplicate for you out there. If you're looking to get family members, you have uh, friends that want to uh, take in this information in a group setting where more questions get asked, we're happy to come to you, set it up in our office, uh, or we can do larger seminar settings for those that are in the planning industry that would like to hear more about our options for your clients. Either way, it was a lot of fun, a lot of great questions asked, Jeremy. And one of the big key components of this uh, particular seminar last weekend was this whole idea how of how a lot of people are still coming to grips.
grips with physical product versus just having a paper option uh, in a mining stock or a, a certificate. And a number of the people I spoke with really had to come to terms with what it meant to actually take a physical ounce out of the market of gold and silver and actually have it in their name and what it meant to them, how positive that was to do that to the overall market itself. Yeah, I was going to ask you what uh, after, because after the seminar, we broke up into uh, small groups and uh, what was some of the concerns, like the overriding concerns that people had and about the markets in general and what was driving them towards considering gold? Well, one of the big concerns was certainly recession. I don't think that there's any defined specific type of general concern that was the same across the board, but there was this overwhelming sense that people were uncertain. Uh, we heard from people who had just recently come to Guildhall and were coming to the seminar just to talk to others. And uh, some of their concerns were shared amongst the group, which was, I've seen all of this great performance. I've seen the U.S. numbers, Canadian numbers, stock market being well supported, obviously, by the central banks of the world. These rallies or blow-off tops or whatever you want to call them close to what could potentially be recessions. And yet my portfolio hasn't done anything. And we heard from people that had been in a range of different investments, a range of different types of registered accounts that were transferring from large institutions, small institutions. And the only thing that, that kind of tied it all together was their concern for what is coming and the fact that they've all genuinely felt as though they were being let down by the people managing, supposed to be managing and growing their wealth. So they want to take matters into their own hands. They want to self-direct their wealth. And that's why another uh, important component of this seminar was to help people understand this may be one of the first times you actually take that education into your own hands and know where your money really is. Yeah, I think that um, there's an interesting pocket right now in precious metals where you can see that a lot of markets are topping They've been going strong for a really long time. We've talked about the everything bubble on the show on multiple multiple occasions. And I think that they, they see the writing on the wall and they're thinking, okay, it is time to reposition the portfolio. Precious metals are still low. They're not trading it at all-time highs. So this would be a good opportunity to be rejigging the portfolio in that respect. Although, you know, we do see people, uh, they are moving more away from the stock market than than would usually be anticipated but um you know we do make it easy at guildhall for people to utilize their registered accounts uh transfer them over to our partner with quest trade and be able to get into the physical market right away and then of course you know if you can't hold it you don't own it they can go to the vault and personally audit so that's something that's very appealing to everyone as well this idea that and we've known this for a long time that the trend away from paper and the trend towards really having that ownership of the physical product is so key. And that's why when we get into this discussion uh, regarding the COMEX, I think our clients are going to be really happy that they own the physical. And I think those who are thinking about owning precious metals are going to be more in tune to wanting to have the actual physical product as well. All right. Let's just quickly uh, give people that are probably lay don't know much about what the COMEX is. We talk about it all the time. The COMEX is basically the Commodities Exchange. It is one branch 
of what has now become the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, which bought out the New York Mercantile Exchange, and it is the core area of where contracts for gold and silver in the futures market are traded. That is the largest market of its kind in the world. It is where we derive the spot price during the Eastern Standard Time trading hours. It comes out of the busiest contract, and that translates into the spot paper price that you hear at night on the news, when you pick up the paper, when you go to our website at the very top of the page, you're seeing the silver price and the gold price. That's not your fabricated price when you're buying physical. That is the paper price. And that topic is very important, Jeremy, because... Also, in addition to it being the market setter before it goes into after hours into London, in Australia, in Hong Kong, in Britain, um, there are a number of very important factors that relate to understanding the COMEX and physical. When we come back, we want to talk about one in particular that we have uh, discussed on the show before called Exchange for Physical. And in a nutshell, this is understanding what the latest and greatest trick is of how people are actually hiding the truth about what is physically out there in real silver and gold ounces and how it relates to the reasons why central banks are repatriating their product, taking it home. So let's talk about that when we come back. If you want to get into the market, the number to call one eight seven seven eight silver It starts there or the website guildhallwealth.com. When we come back, let's talk about that and much, much more. Please stay tuned. You are listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Before we went to break, we were talking about the COMEX, the center of the universe when it comes to physically traded contracts in the futures market, which are supposed to be physical, but which through the years and through understanding the markets, we have come to realize may not well be. Nobody audits that product. Nobody really goes in there and checks that it's there. But it is the center of the universe for pricing in the metals markets. Yes, this is so key to going forward. People want to know how come the price of gold and silver aren't skyrocketing already because they are the canary in the coal mine, right? They will tell you how well or how sick the financial system is. And it's a question, yes, they've performed well over the years, but why aren't they performing way, way better than they should be? And it comes down to the COMEX and the fact that the price is being derived by paper. Now, the COMEX does have some physical product, but there's a lot more paper than product, and they call that uh, synthetic product, right? It's not actual real physical product, but it's that paper product that's that's deciding the prices. So uh, before we get into some of the techniques they use to create more physical uh, or the, the appearance of physical on the commodities exchange, Let's talk about what would happen if the Commodities Exchange could not deliver on these paper promises with the actual physical product. Lawrence Williams wrote a piece called, What Happens if, to Gold if the Comex Collapses? And basically, he uses the work of Dr. Fraser Morell. He's a PhD mathematician, and he's a follower of the gold market. And the premise is there's physical and futures and they have a different payoff, and the physical will eventually come to an extreme premium, right? So you've got the paper market, you've got the physical market. The paper market is run by the COMEX. If that disappears, you're stuck with the physical market only, and what does that do to the price? So let's just quickly go back in history. In 1971, Nixon lifts the gold standard. What happens to gold? Well, between 71 
and 74, gold rises six times before the advent of the comics. So the comics is established in 1974, and that sort of stops that initial run of gold. Of course, we know that gold did go to 850 eventually. Now, what's happening right now is, as you know, Darren, gold is going into hiding, right? We know that people are buying gold every day. We see very little in, the, in terms of sell orders at Guildhall. And the people who've been buying both gold and silver over the last several years are not looking to sell if the price of gold goes up $100 or if silver goes up $15 or even $20. So we call that strong hands. The physical market is moving into strong hands. As we talk about our motto, if you can't hold it, you don't own it. These are strong hands. That's not the case in on the comics. So what happens? You know, according to, to Dr. Fraser Morrell, and this is echoed by people like um, uh, JS Mindset, uh, Jim Sinclair, this idea that when physical goes into hiding, the value of the futures contract settled in dollars is zero. They're worthless. Why are they worthless? Because they don't have the physical del to deliver, so they're delivering cash, which at that time is probably fast depreciating. And now those who get the cash have to go out and find the physical if they need it, if they want it. And if they're looking to cash out, it usually is meaning that they do need the physical and want the physical. Well, now you've got all this paper trying to chase the physical market. What does that do to the actual price? That is the crack in the comics. That's what this all comes down to. When the paper can, when you cannot deliver physical, you can only deliver fiat currency to settle that trade, what is that contract worth? It's worth a zero. The, the, all you're left with is cash and you've got to find the physical gold. Well, those who have it are going to ha charge a massive premium. So that, that's why in this case, uh, Dr. Morell is looking at easily, I mean, he says easily if the COMEX no longer worked, if it collapsed, gold could easily go up six times. That would put it close to $9,000 an ounce. I personally think that if the COMEX were to fail, it could go up much, much higher than six times because, again, that's just going to show the world how much, how much little physical there really is and how much paper contracts have been out there trying to adjust the price in that sense. So we know that at some point the comics will settle in cash. In the meantime, what are some of the techniques the comics is using to create a sense of more physical product in order to continue having credibility of an as an exchange we'll talk about that in the next segment you are tuned into the real money show with guildhall wealth management the number one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com we're going to also be talking about a tax-free buying opportunity when we come back in colored diamonds so please stay tuned we'll be right back you are tuned in to global news radio 640 toronto Welcome back to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. Jeremy, before we left for break, we were discussing the COMEX, and I want people to understand if they're worried, if they're concerned, if they share the same concerns that we have and they want to get into this market, they need to call the number, one eight seven seven eight silver That's the number. Get the free investor kit. Go over to the website, guildhallwealth.com. You can shop online. Maybe you want to buy some, take it home with you. That's an option. You might want to put it into a registered account, TFSAs, RSPs, any type of registered account that you want. You can put gold and silver into those accounts, a lira, if you want to do a RIF, any of them. 
And also, I will remind everyone that if you want to store it with Guildhall, safe, secure, segregated, allocated to you, the client, and it's product that you get to go and see, touch, hold, whenever you need to be reassured that your product is actually there, unlike my friend, the Comex that we've just been discussing, where the average person can never ever see his 5,000 ounce silver contract. And unless he takes delivery of that, which only less than 4% do on a month-to-month basis, which is ludicrous, the other 96% simply settle in fiat currency. As you were saying before break, it's a travesty of the modern day in this system. It's broken. I can't believe anyone uses it. I don't know who uses it. I've never come across someone who uses the Comex. Yeah, primarily everyone institutions, just, right? Everyone obviously, just buys physical. Obviously, some people that are taking delivery might come in the form of large jewelry manufacturers who are buying sure. through a buyer, but that represents Miners, only that hedging. that oh that represents only that small less than four percent amount per month. That means the other ninety six percent are settling some other way. They're rolling over the contract and taking a you know the approach like you would at a blackjack table. You know, we'll roll it over and go again. So so here's what we have. We've got uh, the Comex creates the price. They the, you know at least in in uh, the New York hours. And we know that most of it's paper. We know that there's derivatives out there. We know that the underlying physical at the COMEX is very, very little compared to how many contracts are out there. Now, there's been speculation as much as 100 pieces of paper for every one ounce of gold. We've seen even much higher numbers, like 300 pieces of paper for every one ounce of gold. That's 300 paper promises for the one ounce of physical gold that's out there. Now, how does the COMEX continue to not collapse under that much pressure at this point? What are some of the things that they employ, Darren, that is keeping the price at a good opportunity for people, a great open window for people to get in at these prices, but how long can they go and what techniques are they using to keep the prices at at bay? Well, my friend, I'm glad you asked that because the first is obviously they pay out in cash as opposed to metal. And they take a premium offer. So if you're due to get, let's say, $5,000 because that's what you're owed, they'll say, no, wait a minute. Instead of taking 5000 worth of silver, why don't I give you $6,000 cash? That's one method that they use to deter people from taking delivery of physical product. Another. So if cash got tight, that would become a problem. If cash got tight, that becomes a problem, obviously. Maybe they'll have to be paid in widgets. I don't know. Who knows? The other that we've discussed on the show and that has recently come back to light this week in particular is called Exchange for Physical. And uh, these EFPs are the more commonly known in the industry. There is an article and an update this week from a colleague in the business, Craig Hemke, works for Sprott. Um, Two years ago, he says in this article called Exchange for Physical question mark. Uh, Two years ago, following a surge in the use of exchange for physical by traders at the COMEX, Eric Sprott asked me to begin tracking and recording the daily totals for this practice as posted by the CME, Chicago Mercantile Exchange, where the COMEX lives. So in the beginning, a couple years ago, just to give a bit of background here, all of a sudden these EFPs kind of jumped on the radar. And we were like, what everyone was saying, what are these EFPs? And Craig Humpke was doing some research. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the consensus was... Well, what it is, is it's sort of a rolling forward. We're going to take what what we owe you in terms of physical here at the COMEX. We're going to give you an IOU. You go over to London, get in line, and you can get your physical that way. That was the understanding of exchange for physical. Sort of, we just followed the title. Okay, we'll exchange this contract for a physical forward over in London, so that's how we'll get our physical product. But... 
what's happened in the interim is the explosion of EFPs. Well, they've always been around since the COMEX started. They've been used for 25, 30, 35 years, but not, like you said, at this level of usage. And he says, furthermore, let's first attempt to discern what the heck an exchange for physical really is. Because he says, as you have just pointed out, Jeremy, it's no longer what it was expected to be. It's no longer what you just described it as. Now he's saying no one really knows what it is. So in the next segment, as we're talking about this, let's just talk about first what he calls an exchange for physical. And let's delve into this article a little further because... Uh, this is really at what's at the root of how the comics is surviving right now without going bankrupt. Right. And let's just be clear, as we go to break here, what we've seen is that the EFPs have ballooned to right. the point that, that as Craig Hemke is pointing out, there, there's no way they can deliver that much physical product given the ballooning of this EFP. So when we get back, we have to see where does the EFP, where's the end of the road for EFPs? Right. So let's do that. We have something to announce before we go to break, a special. We'll talk about it in later segments when we talk about colored diamonds. But for now, let's just say tax-free. All colored diamonds tax-free until December 31st. Call the number one eight seven seven eight silver or use the website guildhallwealth.com. We will be right back. Please stay tuned. You're listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. I'm your host, Darren Long, and with me today on the show, as always, Jeremy Wiseman, Vice President of Guildhall Wealth Management. Jeremy, the number to call for our listeners to get the ball rolling, get a free investor package, one eight seven seven eight silver or the website, guildhallwealth.com. In the last segment, we were talking about what is called exchange for physical, or EFPs as they're known in the industry. Essentially, in the old days, when they were being used in the COMEX, they were a promissory note when delivery was not necessarily going to be possible on one exchange for delivery from another exchange. It meant the contract was still being fulfilled, but you had to get in line somewhere else to get your actual physical product. They were used up until this past year or so in a normal manner, small percentages here and there where you needed to fill holes in certain times when product wasn't made available. They weren't overly used. They, weren't overly they used, were they were right? very much underused yeah. and it was sort of a a backdoor kind of option for the comex. It was just something that wasn't wasn't used pretty much at all. No, it was completely off the radar. Mm -hmm. And then here we go within the last couple of years they pop on the radar radar and then a couple of years later we're saying, "Well, how come there's so many EFPs going over to London? There's no way London has that much physical product. But by the way, what where this is going to lead to is, is this why Eastern European countries are taking delivery of their gold? Mm -hmm. Well, I can tell you, I believe we were among the first, if not the first, to talk nationally on a program like this about these EFPs and their increased usage more recently. In our first show, we did about these a while back. So so where does this go? How much, so, how much more can they use this EFP until it cracks? Well, essentially what they're saying is that up until this point, EFPs have been considered bona fide, acceptable transactions. However, what Craig Hempke is saying in his article this week, Exchange for Physical, is that essentially how could they be? Because when you look at gold in particular, he tallies up the numbers having measured this and watched it every single week since it started happening more frequently a while back. And what he's saying is just mind boggling. He's saying 
in terms of EFP volume, what are we talking about? He's kept track every single day since November 24th, 2017. That's over two full years. And the total amount of COMEX contracts moved off exchange and called exchange for physical or EFPs is 4,444,344 contracts of gold. That total in just two calendar years has been swapped off COMEX and in the CME's own words, Chicago Mercantile Exchange owns the COMEX, converted into physical, unallocated accounts. That's okay. what they call it. Now, if you do the math, it's very simple. At 100 ounces per COMEX contract, 4.4 plus million contracts equates to 444,434,400 ounces. And that is, in metric tons, about 13.8 thousand metric tons what's that for mining yearly well that's a lot you know for the sake of comparison let's look at that versus the combined holdings of the rest of the world and his article shows it the european union in total gold holding holdings in tons eleven thousand six hundred eighty four they're the largest in the world and how many efps oh it's there's in total thirteen point eight thousand metric tons 13,820 13, metric tons versus 11. And the whole European only has the whole European Union, the largest single combined holder of gold in the world, only has to date from all of history that they've accumulated gold 11,684. 11,000. Right? The United States, Fort Knox, not audited since 65. If you're a listener, you know where this is going. 8,133 metric tons in total. Germany. 3,300 metric tons. Uh, IMF, 2,800 metric tons. None of them have that capacity of gold. Even when you combine the world's two largest, it barely covers the total amount of EFPs that have been exchanged over the last 24 months. So what is going on here, Jeremy? Are we supposed to believe, as Craig Hemke says, that these... Sorry, I I have to interrupt. So there's more... EFPs out there in terms of tonnage than Europe and the United States combined. Almost, almost. You'd ha- you'd have to take all Just of shy. the gold, all of the gold from Europe, and eighty percent of the gold from the United States in order Would to cover equal that. this. EFP. That's correct. Okay. Yes, ridiculous. Right. That's ridiculous. Now, maybe this That's is not going trustworthy. To help, not trustworthy. Maybe this is going to help to shed more light on this particular uh, detail of this market. But more importantly, what every analyst that's worth their weight in gold is saying is that go get your physical if you're buying gold and silver the heyday is coming the moment of truth is coming the reality of the situation we find ourselves in is coming the big banks are being pressured there's been indictments for people caught manipulating the paper market the fraud that has maintained great prices for our buyers is going to end, Jeremy. Yeah, look, with with um, when you had the Bretton Woods from the from the thirties, and you had the London Gold Pool, which was helping to peg gold to the dollar at thirty five dollars an ounce. The the London Gold Pool failed in nineteen sixty eight, which led to getting rid of the gold standard in 1971, which eventually drove the price, regardless of the COMEX, it drove the price from $35 an ounce to 850 finally settling at about 350 so that's a 1,000% gain. And now you have the COMEX after 40 years, it's kind of similar to Bretton Woods, is now similarly failing. 
you, you know, you've got to be able to see the writing on the wall. And it's just a matter of time before liquidity runs out, which I think is going to create a major run on this exchange. And I think it's going to come down to, as we talked about in an earlier segment, that when the comics can no longer deliver physical and they can only deliver cash, that's worthless. And so you either own the physical or you're going to be left holding nothing. And this is, this is um, a morality tale, if you will. Um, you know, like in the 19th century, they would have these uh, images of women uh, that don't go out of the home, otherwise you're going to end up <laughs> dead in a sewer somewhere. They were these morality tales. And this is sort of a morality a tale of what happens if you buy paper. You can be stuck with nothing. So it's very important to have the physical. And I think ultimately this is an opportunity because you're able to buy it at these lower prices. Gold should be multiples higher given the amount of money that's been printed out there. And given what the Fed's been going on, uh, you know, just printing money and the debts that are accumulating out there, we know that the economy is slowing down. We know that negative interest rates are bad for economic growth. Um, everything is leading to have physical metal, and we have this amazing price right now in both gold and, more importantly, in silver. Don't allow yourself to be a bag holder, is what I would say. Yeah. Take immediate physical delivery of your gold in silver, whether it is home or whether it is to a trusted custodian and working with companies like Guildhall, that is the ticket to realizing the true value of that ounce of gold or silver. When we come back, there's lots more to discuss. We have a December no tax option for colored diamond investors. That's huge, Jeremy. It's a massive amount of savings. We're going to talk a little bit about natural fancy colored diamonds when we come back. More on gold and, and silver. And we're going to summarize the whole thing. Get people get going. Call the number one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com, the website. Get that free investor package. Get on the newsletter and uh, keep listening. We appreciate it. You are tuned into The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. Our last segment of the week went by so fast. We're here taping on Thursday this week, and uh, the weather's getting cooler. Obviously, winter arriving. And Jeremy, this show has been all about the incredible opportunity that is being presented before us in gold and silver. And now on to another incredible opportunity. For the month of December, until the end, December 31st, right until midnight, we are going to make all colored diamonds in our sites tax-free. We'll, we'll cover the tax. Yeah, and that includes, we've got some beautiful... Uh, custom rings with fancy yellows in them internally flawless and the prices on those if you compared them to retail is incredible and the quality in my opinion is even is even better than the retailers because it's completely handcrafted custom so and the 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 white diamonds in them are also incredibly uh, good quality as well so talking about yellow diamonds uh, Darren you know out of all the diamonds that get submitted to grading labs only three percent are actually natural fancy color diamonds and what it takes to get to something that we have at Guildhall is equivalent to 0.001% of all of the diamonds that are out there. And that means in terms of yellow diamonds, getting up to vivid color, intense yellow color, internally flawless diamonds. And I ran a, I ran a, some of the research through the fa the fancy color research uh, foundation foundation and they they have a rarity tool. And uh, just looking at vivid yellows of internally flawless clarity, the two most popular shapes are cushion, 
which is basically like a square or a rectangle with rounded corners, or a radiant cut, which is a square or a rectangle with with cut corners, kind of more essentially edge. stronger edge. Exactly. Um, those are the two most popular cuts. Mm -hmm. Internally flawless, vivid yellows. How many do you think come to market every year? I don't know. I mean, you already kind of know because we talk about it all the time. <laughs> but it's less than 100, between one and one, one and well, a half See, carat. even I wouldn't have guessed that. I was going to say 250 to 300. Yeah. I was wrong. Now, again, this is one to one and a half carats, vivid, internally flawless, roughly 80 to 88 diamonds. Hmm. But what that doesn't tell you is are those diamonds deep? Are they shallow? Is the rectangle cut thin? Is it wide, right? What does the table look like compared to the compared to the depth? Well, what we're looking for at Guildhall is is perfection. So probably out of those eighty-eight diamonds, we might see ten of those a year, which means that's what we're vying for across this entire planet with seven billion people on it. That's how rare the diamonds are at Guildhall, and I just kind of wanted to take a moment just so that people could understand. And then if we tried to find something that were outside these two popular cuts, like an emerald cut, an Escher cut, maybe a Marquise or a heart shape, you would be hard-pressed to find any of those at any time. Jeremy, let me ask you a question. You're saying to me basically less than 100 come to market uh, on a year-to-year -year basis, and let's say of that probably 40 are going to be conservatively 40 maybe a couple more are going to be in the range of the type of diamond that we would buy and of that 40 maybe 10 of them would be of the quality that we actually end up picking so if we in let's say 2008 seven six way back when we were first getting established in the colored diamond industry if we were to look at that number would we find much in the way of difference in terms of what they're finding now? Have there been more discoveries? Is yellow become a much more readily available diamond? Not necessarily. The Actually, the trend that's happening right now in the markets is that um, mines are starting to cut the diamonds themselves, similarly to the Argyle mine. And that's actually not good for the industry in many respects because they don't necessarily understand what it takes to create beautiful diamonds. And what we've seen with Argyle diamonds is, is a whole cottage industry of recutting, right? They try to keep the, the insignia on the diamond, on the girdle of the diamond, but, but the cutters themselves can recut to something better than what was originally done. Are there more sources for yellow diamonds? I mean, they're trying to reopen the Ellendale mine, I believe, and uh, get a small source of yellow diamonds. But even still, you still have to get to that quality of diamond, that internally flawless quality. And that remains uh, at that at the less than a tenth of 1% so of what's in actually other words, out there. No. So there's been no major new supply come no. online. You might add five, maybe 10 diamonds to the mix, and that's it. Right. Uh, well, as it relates to our collection of diamonds, I want to let people know that this month it's tax-free. That's in Ontario, 13% that you're going to save right off the top. Outside of Ontario, think about your own tax savings throughout each province of the country. That's your savings if you're listening to this show. And we want you to own a yellow diamond. It would be a fantastic way for you to cap off a great 2019 by putting one of these into your portfolio, holding on to it, and recognizing its newfound value 8, 10, 12, 15 years down the road. And putting this out there, you may also want to consider adding gold and silver. All of it goes hand in hand, hard assets, 
basically all driven in some roundabout way by the same set of fundamentals. When silver and gold do really well, colored diamonds have been known to go through the roof. So on a market, yellow diamonds were on a year-to-year basis. We see anywhere in a range of 2 3 5%, If you look at the weaker diamonds that we don't buy, all the way up to the nice investment grade, beautiful diamonds that can get in excess of eight to 10, maybe 15% return in good years. That is an opportunity when paired with gold and silver that will stand you in perfect seated position to take advantage of these markets. I want you to do that. The number to call to get more information in a free package on those tax-free colored diamonds and gold and silver to your door or your inbox is one eight seven seven eight silver or the website guildhallwealth.com. I want you to remember there's been a lot discussed on this show, so if you need to listen again, we podcast this show. Simply type in The Real Money Show in the Internet. You will find this. You can listen to it anytime you want, and more importantly, we'd love to hear from you, so call us. That number will connect you to our office, and you will not have to wait for our phone calls. We'll get back to you within 24 hours of that phone call. We love hearing from you, the public. We want to thank you for being tuned in. And remember, December 31st, you get no taxes up till then on all colored diamonds. Our thank you, our holiday season, gift giving, whatever you want to call it, the Christmas spirit that we're in. And we'll continue next week with more. You have been tuned in to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. Remember, it's cold outside, folks. Take care of those that are less fortunate than you. Give to your food banks. Give a little bit of extra clothing to the kids' schools and send it for those that are not fortunate as you and I. You have been tuned in to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.